I invite you to join me in reading from Ephesians chapter 3, and we'll be looking at verses 14 through 19. found on page 1160 in the Pew Bible in front of you, or you can follow along on the screen behind me. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we begin looking at this text, which is the theme for cadets. We look at the broader letter of Ephesians, and it can be divided into two parts. The first three chapters, and the apostle sets out uh, a few important doctrinal issues. For example, he speaks about redemption that's decreed by God the Father before all time, redemption accomplished through Jesus Christ, and redemption as it's applied by the Holy Spirit. And then in chapters 4 through 6, he specifically applies those doctrines to the Christian life. So our passage is found directly in the middle, at the end of chapter 3, just prior to the practical application of those biblical truths. Reflecting on this glorious truth, the Apostle Paul is so moved by the very thought of how God's eternal plan has played out on the stage of human history, as well as he's seen it in his own circumstances in life, that he ends the doctrinal section of the letter with this heartfelt prayer of thanksgiving for the glorious inheritance which we have in Christ. And Paul wants his readers to both know and experience the glorious reality of the love of Jesus. In our scripture passage this morning, Paul is urging his readers, and of course that includes us as well, to know the love of Christ by trusting, first of all, what Christ has done for us, and then to experience that same love through our faith in Christ, which lies at the heart of why God saved his people. 
Author and Bible scholar Martin Lloyd-Jones writes, Indeed, our chief defect as Christians is that we fail to realize Christ's love to us. How important it is that we should meditate upon this love and contemplate it. And it is because we fail to do so that we tend to think at times that he has forgotten us or that he has left us. Love is so important. Think about it in the context of human relations. When a man falls in love with his future wife, for example, he's motivated and captivated by her. It's not a burden to, to go out and spend time with her. He rearranges his schedule. Love will motivate him to do things that often are not logical or practical. I'll give you an example. When Diane and I were engaged, she was living in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and she was finishing her final year at Calvin University. Meanwhile, I was serving my one-year internship in Imlay City, Michigan. And during that time, about right in the middle of my internship, I was asked to preach in a church that was about an hour west of where I was in Emily City. And I looked it up on the map. At that time, it was the map, not the phone. And I noticed that it was about a three-hour drive for me to go from that church to Grand Rapids. Guess what I did? After the evening worship service, I surprised Diane by showing up at her doorstep, I think it was about midnight, was she surprised. But was it practical? No. <laughs> Love motivates us to do things that normally we wouldn't do. But as we soon discover in the journey of life, it's one thing to fall in love. But it's another thing to sustain it and to strengthen it over the course of a lifetime. Love graduates from a feeling to a decision. Love requires effort and intentionality. And the same is true with regard to knowing the love of Jesus Christ more completely. We come to know his love by receiving the gift of salvation through faith. But it's necessary for us to know him and his love in a deeper and more meaningful way so that we can grow in our commitment to God. Now perhaps you notice as we read our passage that this is a prayer. There's a header that reads prayer for spiritual strength. Now, the first three verses, Paul prays that God would graciously, that is for the sake of his glory, equip the believers in Ephesus with strength and power, specifically through the working of the Holy Spirit in the inner being, so that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. We're going to look a little closer at the next part of that passage. In verse 17, we are told to be rooted and grounded in love. And that's the theme. 
with that foundation, Paul prays that we will be able to comprehend, along with all believers, past, present, and future, the infinite dimensions of the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. I believe it's a very fitting theme for our cadets this year to be rooted and grounded based on Ephesians 3.17. As we look at it, we're going to look at a couple of important truths. First of all, it reminds us that the Christian life is to be rooted and grounded in love. Now here, Paul uses two metaphors, one of them from agriculture and the other from construction. He uses both of them to remind us as believers that love is the main principle of our lives as Christians. God's great love is demonstrated in sending his own son to be the sacrifice for our sins. And that undergirds everything in the gospel message. In fact, all of the commandments, all of the law is summarized with those words, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as well. So the Christian life is to be rooted and grounded in love. To be rooted in love brings to mind a picture, a sturdy growing tree with its roots sinking down. And because of that, it's able to withstand drought or fierce storms. We know that a tree is a living organism. It requires nutrients to grow. Likewise, the Christian life is a living, growing relationship with God and with others. And God's love is the soil in which it is rooted. And it necessarily results in our growth of love for him and for others. That's the fruit. In fact, in Galatians 5, verse 22, love is listed as the very first fruit of the Spirit. So if you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, love will be manifested. It will be obvious in your life. And if you're not growing in love for God and for others, it shows that something is lacking in your spiritual life. To be grounded in love brings to mind a picture of a solid building with a foundation that goes down to the bedrock. And especially, as I'm learning in California, it needs to be able to withstand an earthquake and perhaps other natural disasters that occur. The foundation needs to be solid. Likewise, Love for God and love for others is not based on fluctuating feelings. It is necessary that this love also be rock solid and steady as it undergirds everything in our lives. So Paul uses those two words, those two images, to be rooted and to be grounded to suggest that we must sink down deep roots in God's love, and we must also build a foundation that's centered on loving God and loving others. It is the motivation for what we do 
in how we live our lives. And cadets, I would love for you to remember that this morning. It's important to realize that we are to be rooted and built upon the love of Christ. I'm going to give you a couple of passages to remind you of what it means. First of all, 1 Corinthians 8, it says, We know that all of us possess knowledge, but often this knowledge puffs us up, but love builds us up. If anyone imagines that he knows something he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. And then turning over a few pages to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is quite familiar to most of us. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a claim clanging symbol. And if I have pro prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Now, perhaps we've been raised in a home or a context where we were truly loved. Perhaps we were taught since we were young to love God first and then also to love others. Yet, it takes that effort to continue that task to be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. One commentator writes, at the heart of loving God and others is dying to the self. None of us dies to self without a lifelong struggle. You may think that you are a loving person, but think about when you don't get your way. Maybe God doesn't answer your prayers as you think he should. Or you've been obedient to him but then you get hit with an unexpected and difficult trial. Just as the test of a tree's roots is a strong storm, and the test of a building's foundation is an earthquake or flood, so the test of your love is when these sorts of trials occur. How do we respond when we encounter trials and difficult times in life? We need to remember that the greatest of these is love. That the Christian life is to be rooted and grounded in love. The second main point and truth that we need to learn is that we need God's power to understand and to appreciate Christ's love for us. Actually, the focus shifts in verse 18. It shifts from love in general to Christ's love specifically for us. Paul prays that his readers may have strength to comprehend the love of Christ. The Greek word used for comprehend means to lay hold of, to grab, or to seize. 
Paul is praying that we may have the power to lay hold of or comprehend the immensity of Christ's love for us, which, paradoxically, is beyond our comprehension. Comprehending Christ's love does not come naturally. It comes supernaturally. To be able to comprehend, to have the strength to grasp this immense love of Christ shows it's not easy, nor is it a human attainable goal. We must have God's power. We must rely on him. And as we will consider shortly, this is not just a one-time thing, but a lifetime. We could even say an eternal quest. We can never say, okay, I've arrived. We will not grow towards this goal if we're not experiencing God's power through his spirit in the inner being so that Christ dwells within us. We'd like to think that we are naturally loving people. Sometimes we look at a situation and we think, well, the problem is that they're selfish and unloving people out there. But Paul corrects our thinking. He reminds us that we need God's power in order to become a loving person. In order to truly appreciate the love of Christ, we must literally die to ourselves. And it's only God who can empower us and give us the ability to do that. Paul emphasizes that this is to occur within the church, within the Christian community, so that we are equipped and enabled to be rooted and grounded strong in our faith. In verses 17 through 19, he says that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all of the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ. That word that's translated as saints can also mean holy ones. It's a broad reference to believers, to those set apart from the world. We grow to appreciate and comprehend the love of Christ, often when we hear the testimony of fellow believers within the church. Yesterday, during the memorial service of Kathy Williams, we were reminded of how God sustained and empowered Kathy to stand strong through all of the trials and difficulties that she experienced. God gave her the strength to persevere to the end. And as a result, we were encouraged in our faith. We experienced a richer experience of the love of Christ. And within the Christian community, we experience the love of Christ when other believers support and encourage us, especially during times of need. We can see Christ at work in their actions. And that deepens then our appreciation for God's love as it's, as it's displayed through his body, the church. And sometimes we even grow in Christ's love when we encounter relational issues that need to be settled with a fellow believer. They need to be worked out in genuine love. And through that experience, we may grow in patience and kindness 
and mutual respect and forgiveness. Author John Stott says, we need the whole people of God in order to understand the whole love of God. So we need God's power to understand and appreciate Christ's love for us. Now the end result, as we begin to appreciate the immensity of Christ's love, is, Paul says, that we may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of the love of Christ. This is a paradox again. We can know his great love. It is an amazing knowledge. But in another way, we can never fully understand it completely. It's unfathomable. Throughout eternity, in other words, we will never come to the place of saying, you know, I have reached a point where I completely understand Christ's great love for me. Pastor Stephen Cole writes, you can go left or right, forward or backward, or up or down as far as you can, and you still haven't explored all that there is to know of Christ's great love. He goes on to identify the dimensions of Christ's love. He speaks of the breadth of Christ's love, that it encompasses a great multitude of believers. We see that in Revelation 7, verse 9. People, every nation and tribe and tongue. That's what the breadth of the love of Christ. The length extends from eternity to eternity. Paul had mentioned earlier in his letter to the Ephesians chapter 1 that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. That in love he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. There's also the height of his love. His love lifts us up to our position of being seated with him in the heavenly places. He says this in chapter 2, verse 6. So we see as well the depth of the love of Christ. It caused God to, to leave the glory, the magnitude of heaven, in that exalted position to come to this earth to be born as a baby. And it moved him to suffer the extreme conditions of the cross where he who knew no sin became sin for us. So it reached all the way down to where we were in our sin. We can never fully comprehend such immense love. So we need to ponder, we need to reflect, we need to ask some questions. Am I growing more and more to know this love of Christ? Do I know his love more today than I did a year ago? Listen again to the quote that I had read from Martin Lloyd-Jones. Indeed, our chief defect as Christians is not that we fail to realize Christ's love to us, how important it is that we should meditate upon his love 
and contemplate it. And it's because we fail to do so that we tend to think that he has forgotten us or that he has left us. It is Christ's love which stands at the center of the gospel message. It was Christ's love that motivated the Apostle Paul to give up everything for the sake of Christ and to endure all kinds of tribulation and suffering. And it's Christ's love that compels all believers to persevere until the return of our Lord and Savior. With our cadets, our goal is to grow and to develop in our faith as we continue to experience and appreciate the incomprehensible love of Christ. May we be able to say with Paul in Romans 8, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height or depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's join together in prayer. O oh Lord, our God, we give you praise and thanks for who you are. Help us to be able to grow and to develop in our understanding and our appreciation of the immensity of the love of our Savior. We give you praise and thanks for your love and your grace that you came to provide an atoning sacrifice on the cross that what we should have endured and suffered was completed for us through Jesus Christ who alone was able to meet the requirements, to be perfectly obedient, and also to have the power and the authority to cover for our sins and to give us forgiveness. That truly is such a great treasure. May we grow in our appreciation and in our love for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.